Welcome back to Get Outside With Kids, the most awesome podcast. Right, Jen? The most awesome podcast where we hopefully inspire you to have more amazing adventures outside with your family. And Jen, one of the things that kids bring along with them, you can't really get away from it, is the stuff. There's a lot of stuff associated with kids and uh, clothing and toys and artwork. As I'm looking around my house right now, I see all of these things. I don't know about you. So many things. And it's funny because it really starts from the time they're a tiny baby. And in fact, the tinier the baby, the more stuff they have. Like, remember those early days when you had a tiny baby, but also like we had a pack and play in our living room and a swing and like a little boppy thing. So kids have a lot of stuff. And even though the kids get bigger, there's just more of it that can come in. Um, You know, at first glance, the guests that we have on today, you might be thinking to yourself, like, well, what does stuff inside your house have to do with getting outside of your house? And she's going to share some really great insights on that. We're so excited to have Diane Bowden with us. She is the host of the successful podcast, Minimalist Mums Podcast. She's also written a book. It's called Minimalist Mums, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. And I think what really stands out to me from this episode with Diane is that minimalism, it doesn't just apply to stuff. It applies to how you prioritize your activities, how you prioritize experiences, how you prioritize your kids. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that idea of simplicity in everything we do is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. Diane also shares amazing content about, you know, little practical tips um, and checklists and small areas of your home where you can kind of begin this. Because I think when we hear minimalism, we're like, oh, that's person a person living with one chair in their house. Maybe they have a mattress on the floor. That's not really what it is. It's more of a mindset and you can absolutely begin small with it. So, we're excited to have Diane on today. She is joining us sitting outside, Jen, which I really loved and made me think we should record outside more often, right? Yeah, let's do that for our next one. So let's welcome Diane to the podcast. And if you're looking around at some of the clutter in your home right now, I think you'll really be inspired by this week's episode. We are so excited to have Diane from the Minimalist Mums podcast here with us today. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you both. So I think sometimes, uh, you know, when people think about minimalism, they have a certain idea of what it is in their heads. And particularly because we're a podcast about getting outside with kids, some of our listeners might be sort of like, how does that really apply? What what does minimalism have to do with getting outside with kids? Um, And we really want to kind of get into that with you and sort of hear your thoughts and ideas and practical tips on that. But maybe we can start with you telling us a little bit about how you got started with minimalism. Like what is it that attracted you to it and how did it then lead into this podcast and a book and all of the other wonderful things that you now work on? Yes. So I started pursuing minimalism or as I like to say it, a life with less, a life with kind of just thinking through my decision-making intentional living. So I, I like to use the umbrella of all those things under the minimalist term, but I started that pursuit back in my early 20s. My husband and I were in my parents' basement looking for something and he turned to me and to paraphrase him, he said, look at all these things that are now in boxes that were once your dad's hard-earned working hours. And for some reason, it just clicked with me. I think at that point, I mean, again, I was in my early 20s, but I kind of just looked at my own life and was like, you are working towards acquiring things And maybe that's not good because maybe one day all of your stuff is going to be in in boxes in your basement too. And so it just put this little light bulb in my head that I wanted to start pursuing experiences and also just being a lot more intentional about how I was spending my money. So in certain ways, it became maybe 
frugality, but it also started allowing me to see the world differently, maybe more from the not wanting to be so consumeristic and to obtain all these things that would one day be in my basement. So I would say that was the starting light bulb moment. And then throughout the last 15, 10, 15 years, I would just say because we have gotten our house and because we've been living to this, because we've been living this way for so long, it's more of a an intentional lifestyle that I feel like we have where what you guys are talking about going outside and having experiences with friends. And now we homeschool all of these things are much more accessible, or at least they feel that way because we have pared down our house. It's not a source of high anxiety for us because we're not constantly having to think about the big messes that we mess is different than clutter, all the clutter that we're constantly having to manage. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I think that minimalism does help because we can be much more clear with the direction that we want to take our lives and our children's lives and how we want to interact with them and make the most out of the time that we've been given. And that, I mean, that sort of realization has now led you to to share this with the world in a podcast, in a book. Can you tell us a little bit about how those kind of got up and running and what that sort of means to you and how it's affected your parenting as well? Absolutely. So, the podcast came about back in 2016, 2015, and uh, it was a creative project that I started with a friend at the at the time. And um, she ended up stepping away about two years in to take a position. And I had just had my second child. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to see where this goes. I'm going to start interviewing interesting people that are also mm-hmm. under this minimalist umbrella. And it just kind of took off. So within all of that, I was asked to write a book, which was Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. But all of this has been, uh, I guess, as much as I try to live intentionally, I wouldn't say that any of this was intentional. I've kind of just said <laughs> and I just feel like if you keep showing up and keep putting out content, people want to hear about it. And I think the message resonates with people because we're finding that it's not it it's not actually fulfilling to obtain all of the things because you're constantly going to want. When I realized every time that I would step foot into a Target and they had a new floor set, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to buy all of this stuff because each time I come here, there's going to be something that I don't have that I want. And so once you kind of step away and pull the lens back and say, oh, there was there was intention for those marketers to make you feel like you didn't have enough, you can kind of beat them at their own game and say, well, I don't need any of it. I don't need any of that because what I have is enough. And also people aren't judging me based on all the things that I do have. And so it just kind of gave me this freedom and peace. And it doesn't mean that I don't want it to have nice clothes or that I don't like to look good or I don't want my house to look good. It was more so just like, let's let's not be so thoughtless about all of this. So again, I think the podcast and the book, it's all resonated with people because I think it is a a message that wants to be heard. Yeah, that's so good. And you have such great content over on Instagram, and we'll be sharing that below. Um, when people are getting started or people are like, ooh, I'm interested in minimalism or decluttering, where do you think people go wrong when they first start out? Or what are some of the misconceptions around minimalism that people might go, oh, I don't want to do that, but you know, they're not really getting the message correctly? I think the what I keep hearing from people is that they're taking on too much too soon. Mm-hmm. And that may work for some people, but I always say to start slow and build the momentum with the small wins around your house. And also for moms, we have to understand that this is going to be a lifelong long process, especially as our kids are still in our home. They are acquiring things. They are bringing in things. They have their own opinions. And I want to give them that authority. But 
as their mom, I also am here to help them set boundaries and to just help them hone what they actually want. So I think with kiddos um, allowing, and actually I do this for myself too, visual boundaries of a shelf or you have 30 hangers. So it's like once I hit 30 hangers, if I'm bringing something else in, something else has to come out. But for my daughter, I will have, I have a shelf in her room and and it's once it's filled, we have to start reevaluating what you have. And I think that, yes, we have been living this way. So maybe people are listening and they're like, oh, it's easy for her to say, but there are still fights and there's still struggles. <laughs> they want to bring home my old beanie babies, those things in my parents' basement. <laughs> they want to bring those things home now. <laughs> so, um, but I would just say, start slow. Don't take on too much because then it's overwhelming. It's defeating or you can declutter a great portion of your house and then you lose that steam. And it's hard to, I don't know. I just think that our mind really has to be in the right space and that we have to understand that it's not going to be a one and done. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we let our mind play the games that it is that way, I think that we just end up going back to old habits, Mm -hmm. old habits die hard. Um, Diane, there's a a list. I I love a little list that you um, put up on your Instagram account of like things that you can get rid of, things that you can, you know, start to, to remove from your home. And there was one that you'd put in there a while back about sporting equipment slouching in a corner. And at the time I had a bunch of camping equipment slouching at the corner. I was like, she sees it. She really sees it. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, that connection to, um, to getting outside, um, you know, I think often people think about minimalism as the stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'd be interested in hearing more from you about like the sort of experiences and processes of how you deal with things. For example, when I emailed you to set up the call and it was like, you had an amazing out of office on your email account that was like, no, I'm responding to emails on these days only. And that's it. I was like, (laughs) oh, you, I see what you're doing here. This is like, it's, it can be applied to all the systems. So how do you kind of apply it to to time spent outside? What's the link there between minimalism and, you know, minimalizing clutter in your home and experiences and activities outside and how you kind of plan that for your family? So I know a lot of people will look at their week and the time that they have. I'm fortunate enough to be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I know I do have the podcast as my small business, but I am fortunate enough to be here to where I can work from home, we'll say. All that to say, I kind of look at my week and figure out what do we want to schedule? What takes priority? What is the most important thing? What do we value? And you plug those things in. And a lot of that is nature time for us. And I feel like for my kids... I don't know, for some reason, maybe it's because we have a small house. I just feel like we get along a lot better when we're outside and we can explore and again, kind of have your own authority to how you want to be when you're outside versus indoors. Um, Maybe that's not accessible to everyone, but I would just say it's something that we try to prioritize, even going into nature an hour away. My husband and I will take a weekend trip. We'll take a weekend getaway with the kids and go for the afternoon to a place two hours away and spend the entire day outside, regardless of the weather. And so when you're plugging those things into your schedule, that's when you can start to add in the other things. So of course we have those things that we don't want to do appointments or I don't know, work, work's probably very important. <laughs> but it just seems think, less important. Yeah. yeah right. Um, Yeah, I would just say that nature is something that we just really value as a family. So we're making sure that we make it priority. And again, we live in a smaller home. So maybe that's another reason why we like to be outside as as much as we can, because it just is we have a lot more accessibility to space. 
I really love that. Um, as I was scrolling through your Instagram page, you have so many like truth bombs, I was calling them, you know, in these amazing quotes. Um, and, and one of the ones that really stood out to me, especially thinking about, you know, that connection to outside was the less clutter that you own, the more time you will have. Um, and I thought like, yeah, that's kind of it. You know, we often as as families, whether you're working or a stay-at-home parent, you are busy. Your life is going to be busy, but often mm-hmm. we're filling that busyness with taking care of the things that we mm-hmm. own inside of our home. Um, and that's, you know, often playing into taking up our time. And so I love that kind of shift of like, you know, the minimalism and the decluttering is what's going to give you the time back. And therefore, you can then choose to, you know, schedule those things and to spend time outside. And mm-hmm. I think there's really a strong link between if, like you said, on even the next slide, like if you really want to prioritize family time, it's hard to do that in a space that is disorganized, overwhelmed, you know, piles of laundry everywhere and piles of, you know, clothes that you haven't passed on yet. Um, and then you don't get to do the fun activities because you spend your weekend instead sorting through all the clutter that you have. And I'm sure, um, you know, it really seemed to resonate with your followers. And I think it will resonate with a lot of parents out there as well. Yeah, yeah no, just think about it when you come home. I haven't worked outside the house for quite some time, but I just remember if I'd come home and it was, if it felt cluttered, it was automatically overwhelming. And I don't want to feel that when I step foot in my house, I have my house to a point where I can do a 10 minute tidy and it looks incredibly clean. And again, it might some take some time on the front end to, or is it the back end? What is it? The, let's call it the front end, I think. And Either way. At the Where start, is the back end of my house? <laughs> yeah, like, if, if you take time to do that up front, it is worth it in the long run because at this point it just it it's like a well-oiled machine over here mm-hmm. and again it doesn't mean that there aren't messes i want to clarify mess and clutter yes it gets messy i have a 3 year old that is constantly destroying things mm-hmm. but yep it is easily cleaned up it is easily managed and that's what i think we're looking for we want our lives to be manageable we don't want our lives to feel chaotic we don't want our lives to feel out of control and honestly again with three kids i can't control a lot of their behaviors i can't control a lot of what's going on in the outside world but i can control my house i can mm-hmm. control what i'm bringing in even my husband is on board with minimalism and living with less but even if he weren't he would have his spaces and I would have mine and I can control those spaces. And I think you can just do the best that you can and making your house again, that well machine that you don't feel anxious coming home to. And um, just like leaving all the mess to go out into nature, it's hard to come back to that. And it's mm-hmm. hard to go have experiences when you know you have this weight on your shoulders. It's like that big gorilla just weighing on you when you're out because you know you have so much work to do. So I would just encourage people that are listening, if you haven't started to pursue any type of decluttering, this is your, this is your sign. This is the time and um, time's going to pass anyway. So I, I don't know why people wait either. They're like, Oh, I'll do that in the future. And it's like, you're not guaranteed the future. And do you want to just allow time to pass with your house being chaotic? Cause mm-hmm. you're missing out on opportunities throughout all of that too. Yeah. I think um, we started our podcast about a year and a half ago. And at the time our kids were, Oh gosh, maths, Jen. I don't know, five, five four, and four two and, and two, one, okay. yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, and so uh, they've really kind of gone from that age to now being three and six. It's been, you know, that they've had quite a lot of childhood since we started this podcast. But I think we started it, we started talking to a lot of people about, you know, outdoor play and what it is. And it keeps coming back actually to the title of our podcast, Get Outside With Kids. 
And the idea is actually that simple. And I think sometimes people overcomplicate it or they think, well, I've got to be doing a backcountry hiking trip up into the mountains, or I've got to be carrying my baby on the back and my toddler on the front. And I've got to be, you know, Mm -hmm. superwoman climbing a a thing, or I've got to have an outdoor splash table, or I've got to have a cubby house for our kids to play in outside. Can you tell us a little bit about your approach when you take your kids outside? You know, this kind of mindset of fewer and better, you know, in terms of things that you take with your kids or toys that you take. Um, what What's your approach to that? And how do you sort of um, maximize that time and make sure it lasts as long as possible while you're outside? Yeah, I don't think you need a lot of things to go outside. I mean, we do have a swing set and we have a trampoline in our backyard. Um, we acquired the, acquired the trampoline during COVID from a cousin. But yeah, I mean, my kids are often not even doing those things. They're climbing the trees. They're flipping over rocks to look for bugs. They're watering the plants for our garden. Um, when we go out into nature, I would say at this point, we've been doing it for so long that I feel like it's easier for them to just kind of go in and figure it out what they want to do. But I also will say it has been a challenge when it's just the three of them on the weekend and they want their friends around. So I would say go into nature with friends and you can hang out and drink your coffee while the kids are playing. Yes. You can get a mommy time <laughs> while the kids are playing. And I think they much prefer to have a friend when we go out into nature. But I'm thinking about my nature group. We on Tuesday uh, went creaking and we just hiked up a creek. Um like through the creek, even the moms, and got off back onto the trail. And kids did have some nets. Um, my friend Allie, she brought some old Greek yogurt containers that they were playing with. So, I mean, you can be resourceful and use some of these materials that we have at home to take out to play with. Um, but I, I just, I think allowing them to get bored and allowing them for their creativity to grow and for them to be imaginative. You don't need very much and you just have to get creative with what you have. Sticks and rocks are where it's at. I mean, our kids come home with sticks and rocks every day. I need to minimalize and declutter the amount of sticks and rocks. I think that my kids come home Somebody we had on the show said that they had a a box for sticks that kids bring home from walks. And like, once the box is full... Oh, that's so funny. I love that idea. Um, We were camping on the weekend and my daughter was playing with literally a pile of dirt and she's three and she built it into a little and she patted it down and she built it up and then it was dusty and dry and then she put her head down and it went pillow. I was like, all right, that was a game. She just (laughs) built a pile of dirt and lay down in it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I, I love that idea and I think the more we've done, the more people we've spoken to on our podcast, the more research we've done into it, actually the simpler it gets at getting outside. And I think that's actually really awesome and really comforting as well for, uh, for parents who feel, who feel overwhelmed by going outside. And I think probably what, from what you're saying as well, the same approach with kind of coming to minimalism, like getting started with it is not like it's, it can be simple and it can be on a really small scale. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any tips as well for toys in the home and how you've kind of managed that because I feel like with gifts and with people, you know, hand-me-downs from other parents and other families, um, that can really kind of get out of control. So how do you sort of manage toys inside your home? Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, I would say visual boundaries are really helpful, especially when kids have their own opinions. Um, I'm also, I don't know. I feel like as a culture, we become really child-centric. This may be a controversial take, but we become so child-centric when the home used to be for the adults. And this is our space that we live in 24 seven. And for the kids, things to just kind of like mosey their ways out of their rooms. 
I don't know. I, I'm, I don't want my house to look totally sterile, but I'm also like, no, your dad and I work hard and we want to enjoy our house just as much as you do. So why don't we create a space in your rooms for your toys? And then the mutual spaces are for everyone to enjoy. And that's not for me going to be a ton of these flashy toys and toys in general. Like we have some coloring books and we have our homeschool room that is our dining room. It's the same spot, but we really try to keep their spaces, their kids spaces, and then the rest of the house, something that everyone can enjoy. So I don't know. I think that probably is a little bit of a controversial take, but I just don't think that homes throughout time have been as child centric as they are now. As I look around my house here, Diane, I'm like, Oh yeah, the kids did get out a bunch of toys this morning. And you're totally right. Looking at it, you'd be like, kids live here. Adults don't. <laughs> but I really not, like that. I understand approach. that. I understand that too. Cause I've talked to my husband. I mean, our backyard is very kid friendly. This is it you can tell kids that live here. Um, I think it's just it adds to that visual clutter that we're trying to minimize in our spaces when our home should be a refuge and it should be somewhere where we think we can rest, especially from the chaotic world. And so if, if all of these spaces are cluttered with kids toys, it's just going to be harder for me to achieve maybe what I want. And Mm -hmm. again, that doesn't mean that there isn't a puzzle out every now and then, but it, I really try to keep the kids toys in their rooms. And I think that that's okay. And that there's always going to be takes. I feel like we get so much information from Instagram these days. And for one opinion, you have the opposite opinion. So I'm sure that there's someone that's saying exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. But I would, I don't know. I think that we are the adults and we work hard for the spaces that we live in. And that's okay. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I think it comes down to setting boundaries, like you said, too. Like we mm-hmm. live in, me and Kate live in literally identically the same house because we live in the We're same together. Both together. But, Both yeah. together. but we live <laughs> in the same, <laughs> the same townhouse. Um, oh. and I, you know, so we live in, you know, what you would call maybe a medium, small size space. And so we've been same believer of like, we have very set bound. We set, we built some shelves for the kids in the living room and yeah. the toys have to fit in the shelves. Um, and it gives me boundaries and the kids boundaries because if the toy, if they want a toy and I look at it and I'm like, that's never going to fit in that shelf. Then mm-hmm. we don't buy the toy or mm-hmm. we have conversations with them now that they're a bit older to say, okay, so, you know, for Christmas or for a birthday, let's talk about it. And then we declutter ahead of that. So we're like, okay, we might be yes. expecting some, some presents coming in. What can we get rid of now? What can we pass on to another family or what can we sell? Um, and the kids are totally on board with that because they get that if the shelving is full, nothing new can go in. So Mm-hmm. I think it comes back to whether those boundaries are in the kids' rooms or in your shared space. It mm-hmm. is about having those boundaries. Like it's nice that for us, same thing, like me and my husband both work. And when I come home and it's finally the end of the day and your kids are in bed, like I want our living room to be adult space. I don't want to have to step over eight toys to make it to the couch to sit down. Um, the Paw Patrol have, dogs. Yeah, the Paw Patrol dogs <laughs> out and the Duplo is out. Um, and honestly, for kids, it actually makes cleanup easier easier. I mean, Kate's Kate's been over. You were just over on the weekend. Um, yes. And there's always a moment when we have friends over where the house, our house looks like chaos. But our kids, I'll set a five minute timer. And because everything has a home, like every toy set has an assigned you know, bin or home to go into, cleanup's actually really fast. And Kate's been here. We set the five minute timer and the kids know exactly where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it comes back to that time saving piece again, where the house can be out and the toys can be out, but cleanup is so easy, uh, mm-hmm. which that means you can get onto your next activity, which might be going outside um, a lot easier because you're not like, oh my gosh, we have to clean for like an hour now that we had friends over. It can be really fast and easy. 
Mm -hmm. Well, also, there's something to be said about fewer toys actually being a lot better for kids because they'll stay interested much longer. It seems like it would be the reverse, but I've I've done this in my own home. I used to have all their boxes of toys fitting on their shelf, and I felt like they were never playing with all these really cool toys. And then once I put some of the boxes up in the closet and have done toy rotation, they have been a lot more engaged with all of the toys that they do have accessibility to because access to because they are limited and so they have mm-hmm. to be more creative and they have to be more in tune with what they're doing and so i you can google statistics on this but, but there is research saying that fewer toys actually makes the kids play longer so mm-hmm. there's true that there's so much truth to that and i love how you said if, if we don't have a home for something then we need to figure out a home for it or why do we own it so diane we always like to ask our guests and you know particularly with three kids jen and i have two and we're in just awe of anyone with more because we're like we had some guests on the other day with four kids i'm like wow but uh you know we know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows when you go outside with kids particularly if you're like like you described in your nature club which sounds awesome um you know getting in and out of the water with kids and all these kind of things we know that things don't always go to plan can you tell us about a time when you've gone outside with your kids and things did not go according to plan maybe there was a lot of mud maybe there was a lot of tears Maybe the kids also cried. (laughs) Um, Do you have a story you can share with us about, uh, you know, an adventure outside that just didn't go as planned? Yeah, I would say, gosh, I have so many of those because we have been in in nature so much the last couple of years in our nature group we were at, in two at one point so lots of stories. <laughs> the mud really resonates with me I remember this one time my son which I'm not opposed to mud play it's just I kind of like to be prepared with it with extra clothes or extra shoes but he my toddler that I was mentioning he was just literally covered from the neck down in mud just sitting in it and at that point I thought to myself okay I guess we're just doing this you just have to embrace the mess but I mean I think just being unprepared in general for the weather, I'm really good at at being outside, but if I'm cold or I'm too hot, we don't have enough water. I would just say those are the nightmare days when you don't have enough Mm -hmm. water. You've tried to push too long without a snack of some sort, and you're actually really working your body. But I don't know if I should share this one. I won't say, well, you should, if it's that, you should, if it's it's good, you probably should. Yeah. I, I don't know. So I will just say I have a child that. For some reason, even though we went to the bathroom at the beginning of the hike, for some reason, this child started going to the bathroom number two on the playground in multiple locations. And I see all the nature group kids running over to me, Miss Diane, Miss Diane, this person's going to the bathroom. And I was like, that they're wrong. This simply cannot be true. And I went over there and know that happened. And it, it was horrifying. All my friends thought it was so funny. I just felt like I had been a complete failure as a parent that I'm raising this feral child. But you know what? I think that he just feels really comfortable outside and something about the fresh air getting the systems moving. My kids are the same and it's not it's not pleasant, but (laughs) (laughs) definitely happens. It definitely happens out there. So, Diane, if people want to uh, follow along uh, with your podcast and your book as well, where is the best place for people to find out more about Minimalist Mums? Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Minimalist Moms Podcast or minimalistmomspodcast.com. The book is Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I do have a personal account. It's just at Diane underscore Bowden. And I just share 
outside photos on there all the time. So you can actually see what we're doing outdoors. But um, I usually don't share that. But you're more than welcome to follow along if you'd like. And I think that's it. Minimalist Moms Podcast. Not to be confused with some of the other minimalists that are doing the same thing out there. But it's (laughs) Minimalist Moms Podcast. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you share so many great tips over there. Lots of great practical tips on like little things like packing for a weekend away. Um, And you've had so many great guests like Ginny from A Thousand Hours Outside. I, I listened into that episode recently and I think Ginny's amazing. Um, and, you know, all those great, a lot of amazing guests covering a whole range of topics. So I really encourage you to go and check out Diane's uh, podcast and all those other links will drop into the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on today, Diane. We really appreciate your perspective. And also, Jen, we should point out that Diane is joining us from outside, which I think <laughs> is probably what we should be aiming to do. <laughs> so on point, Diane, so on point. Thank yeah. you so much for uh, for making the time. I mean, I'm always really impressed when we get, you know, other busy moms like yourself who have multiple kids that are juggling so many things to join us from other time zones here. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'd love for you to hit subscribe on this episode of the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, we drop new episodes every week. And if you have enjoyed Diane and all the amazing tips she has shared today, we would appreciate those five-star reviews so that we can connect with other parents who are looking to get outside with their kids more. And as always, you can find us over on Instagram where we share funny tips and quotes from the podcast at Get Outside With Kids. We'll see you next week back for another episode.